by the end of next week. One will stand and one will fall. We'll see the what happens. <laughs> really, I'm doing the dramatic thing and you fucking talk over it, you it's absolute okay. amateurish prick. Oh, he's, he's not allowed back on, is he? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <sighs> Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. Stay in your lane. How many times? Stay in your lane. <laughs> Look at him with his little headset. He thinks he's part of it. He thinks he's Britney fucking Spears. <laughs> Better looking. Welcome everybody to Tight Ends, a fantasy football podcast based out of Europe. I say Europe, not the UK this time because we've actually got listeners from across the European continent. So welcome to our listeners from Denmark, Spain, Belgium and many other parts, including parts unknown. Uh, as always, I'm host. I That's am, where Kane was from. It was where Kane was from, correct. Well done uh, for those WWE fans on the listening to the pod. Um, as ever, I'm Fitch, your co-host. I'm also the commissioner for the Anglo-Scot Fantasy League, and I'm joined by, uh, as usual, Fleming. Flem, how you doing? <sighs> yeah, I'm all right. Just all right. Just all right. Okay. Well, I, well, I think I think we'll probably know what's happened to you this week in week two, but we'll. Uh, yeah, look, you look. Let's let, let's let's just get it over and done with now. You beat me. I beat you. Yeah, okay. and and like you deservedly beat me as well. Uh, I wasn't even close. But like we'll get onto that in part two as we always do. But I'm just yeah. just getting it out there early before you even begin the slide digs. Okay. Oh God, okay. I said digs. Fuck sake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, as ever, we're usually joined by Lino, but this week he's in Santa Clara, California for work. Uh, he was actually at the 49ers Seattle game uh, on Sunday. So uh, we're joined by Broadwood of the uh, Washington Alligators. How are you, Broadwood? <laughs> you still can't see it right. Say my name right. And then I'm I know it's Ockingane. I'm saying there it deliberately wrong. Uh, I am. Thanks very much, Fitz. I am um, depressed, down, beaten, shamed. Pretty much all of those words. That's how I feel today. But how's your fantasy football going? <laughs> Pretty <laughs> awful, to be honest. I've I've had a, a solemn afternoon of reflection of my team's performance, and it is not good. I actually, I, I thought this morning when I saw the results come through from week two, I did actually think of you, Fleming, because not because I was playing you this week, actually, but because... I reminded myself of the, uh, the episode we did when we were chatting about draws and ties, and we don't like fantasy draws and ties. Yeah, and you yourself said, "I want someone to feel bad," and I thought, "Yeah, I bet you feel bad this morning." <laughs> All right, you prick. <laughs> let's, let's go on. Let's go on to part one, shall we? Okay. I'm not sure you can one. feel as bad as I did this morning, but let's. Yeah, we'll we'll come yeah, to but, that one as well. Well, you kind of get used to it. You've lost so many times. You probably, it's probably just your <sighs> norm, isn't it? Anyway, let's get this stuck in. So, as ever, we'll go into uh, part one, uh, three things. Part two, we'll do a recap of the Anglo-Scott Fantasy Football League week two results. And then part three, we'll do A, O, B, any other business. And this week, we're going to talk about fantasy draft busts, players who were drafted high in this year's draft and who've just disappointed us. But, uh, yeah, let's kick off with uh, three things.
as ever, let's dive into section one. Uh, three things, three things this week that we've noticed from the NFL we'd like to kind of pontificate on. Uh, Flem, what have you got this week for your uh, thing? Uh, this week, I am focusing on the Dolphins. I said a couple of weeks ago, a couple of things about the Dolphins. I said that I reckon they could be the surprise team this year. I think that getting Tyreek Hill in was one of the best bits of business, and that you did. was true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and with Waddle playing an absolute stormer as well. But I said the one thing that was holding them back was Tua Tungaviloa. I said what the Dolphins need is a pro ball QB, and he is not a pro ball QB. I, I might, might be wrong. Tongo by Loa. Blocked by Armstead. Two into the end zone. Caught for the touchdown! Caught for the touchdown! Waddle! Miami has taken the lead! Now listen, I, I wanna, I'll, 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 I'll justify that. I might be wrong, because this week, I mean, he, I don't think anyone can, can deny he was an absolute beast this week. Yep. Um, to be so far down in, in uh, the fourth quarter, to throw... Six touchdowns, um, what, hitting 400-odd yards. He was just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. But it's one game. It's one game. And what's going to be the big thing is they've got the Bills next week. And he reminds me of Josh Allen from a few years back. People said the same about Josh Allen. You know, he was this new young quarterback and he had to prove himself. And, he, and you know, he, was, he wasn't doing it and, and he really did have to prove his worth. And there are lots of people who doubted Allen could do that. Now, he's done it. And the question is, can Tua be the next Josh Allen? Robert, what do you think? I think he was very good um, on Sunday. I think it's a massive test against the Bills coming up. That's a that's a huge matchup in week three. Um, and it will be a massive test of the Dolphins and how well they looked, especially with Hill and Waddle, who tore it up pretty much at the weekend. It'll be interesting to see how they do against the Bills D, though, which will be a much bigger test for them, I would imagine. Oh, and the, and the, the Bills D this week, I mean, everything. Let's, let's, let's be honest, everything about the Bills this week and last week yeah. is still, like, they're the best team in the league by an absolute country mile. Yeah, but, their, but their, but their defence especially, you know, I've been really, really impressed with. And if Tua can get a game, can get Hill going, can get Waddle going against this defence... I mean, it's I'm I'm really excited for this game this week. So let me let me let me just throw a counter at you because I like I like the take uh, and I, I was impressed. Like I think most people were by their comeback because they were quite far down, weren't they, against the Ravens? The one thing I would challenge back as a as a Niners fan, I saw McDaniel as the offensive coordinator under Shanahan and Shanahan and and the tree that sits underneath him um, produce good offensive coaches, good offensive coordinators. You know, a bit of me in the back of my mind is like, is that scheme? Is that the coaching and the way they play in Miami, which mimicked what the 49ers has been doing for the last couple of years, where you could put any quarterback in and they look really good? I'm not as sold, maybe as I think I'm where you were last week, where I'm like, hmm. From my point of view, the answer to that is, yeah, look, it would be scheme if they were almost kind of a bit more solid and, yeah. and a bit more, um, a bit more consistent. But to do what he did in that one quarter this weekend, mm-hmm. that's the makings of something special. And yeah, like the Ravens' defence weren't great. I mean, let's be honest, they're, they're, they're not the best defence in the league. But to do that pretty much in one quarter as a turnaround, yeah. that's the X factor. That's the think, kind of stuff that makes you the money. The concern I've got with the Dolphins is if 
they're throwing the ball and it's not coming off their running game is a concern to me because you look at their running at the weekend, they only rushed for 80 yards. Mm. So in a game where they score 42 points, they've rushed for 80 yards. There's a slight concern around if they need to go into the ground and pound, have they got the players to be able to do the ground and pound? And they've got Edmonds and Mostar and that's it. It's not the strongest running game, I wouldn't have said. But he okay. did look good at the weekend, let's be fair. Well, he looked he good. Did. He did. Well, I think that the good point, a pointer from Flem on, on the Bills Dolphins game this coming weekend's is spot on. Let's, oh, uh, I'm going to say it now. I'm, I'm a Bills fan. I'm not a massive Bills fan, but if there's one team that I support in the, in the NFL, it's the Bills. Yeah. But I kind of hope the Dolphins do it this weekend because it would make it really interesting. It would mix it up a bit. It would yeah. certainly it would certainly put the cat amongst the pigeons. Okay, let's move on to number two. Broward, what have you got this week? So my point is that um, we had our Renegades GM, uh, Mr. Andrew Lino Line, was um, took a nice trip to Santa Clara and took in the 49ers and took in the horrible injury that looks like to Trey Lance. They're going to go with Trey Lance on this play as he kept it and absorbed quite the hit. We're just going to show this to you so you understand what happened to Lance. Kind of got folded underneath as Monet and Barton both made the hit. An unfortunate spot for Lance to be in there. Season he is out for the season, certainly, and he's had, I believe, two operations on his ankle. Yeah. Um, dislocated and broken. So that sounds like a pretty nasty injury. But I think it was what was probably the most impressive thing was the second coming of Jimmy G, the man who I believe the commission said earlier that he would like to see rot on the bench this year. <laughs> Boy, hold on. No hold longer on. going to be rotting on. on said bench. Hold so, on. <laughs> but I mean, it was, I thought, I thought, what I took away from the weekend was that the 49ers are still in pretty good hands. Jimmy G yeah. came in, 13 yeah. of 21, 154 yards, touchdown pass, looked pretty comfortable, obviously knows the, 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 the playbook off by heart, played it all last year. So, you know, is Trey Lance going to be a miss? Absolutely. But I think they've got the perfect person to step into the into the, the background there with, with Jimmy G. But... Yeah, it's what they do with Jimmy G at the end of the year if they're still as their man is Trey, what they do and whether Trey will be able to come back from that kind of injury because it looked pretty awful on the day and I'm sure yeah. Mr. Lino Line will tell us more in the upcoming episodes about his time. You're playing the Seahawks, which are trash, right? Number one. So a, a lot of people, you could probably go in and quarterback for them, Broward, and the 49ers and you might have won the game. So <laughs> hey, let's, the let's, let's, let's steady on a second. Well, okay, sorry. Maybe <laughs> you could go in as a fullback. Uh, then the second thing, was you said, because I'm just picking myself up from the bus you threw me under at the start there, dust myself off. I said, and I'm going to qualify, and people can go back and listen to the pod, I said in relation to trading Jimmy to the Cowboys, I would rather let him rot on the bench because nobody likes the Cowboys. I do not want them having Jimmy because he's a good player. I think you're right. He came in, he did a job, he knows the scheme, he knows the players. All of what you said I agree with. I'm glad we've got him, particularly now. Would I rather have Trey? 100%. Do I want him rotting on benches? No, but I'd rather have most players rot on a bench than go and play for the Cowboys. And let's be honest, you know, it's not as if he was expecting to come to come on. He's not expecting to play all season. And look, that that injury to Lance is an is an absolute shocker. I mean, it was one of those ones where it looked didn't look all that bad, you know, first time, and then you saw it on the replay, and it's just oh, it makes, it's it, makes you, oh it makes you absolutely sick. Yeah. Is there a team with a better backup QB? 
the, the Cowboys backup QB did all right this week, obviously. Yeah. Um, which you know we talked about last week and said the Cowboys were in shit, and well, look what they did. But yeah. you know, in reality, is there a is there a squad with a better backup QB? Probably not. Well, as we said earlier, he knows the playbook. So I mean, he, and he ran it all last year. So <laughs> look, he, he had he had he had one shitty game away from a Super Bowl last year. So um, yeah, I, I, you're right, Brodie. He did he did great. I thought um, it's going to be very interesting to see how he does for the rest of the season, which will in turn work out what the hell they do at the end of this season. Uh, do they reward him accordingly, or do they just still say praise our guy? Like a lot of it's going to come down to the injury. An injury like that is obviously going to take a long time to come back from. Is Trey going to be the same player? He's still young. We'll have to wait and see. We'll see. We'll and see. I think well, what I also liked was that they actually trusted their running game. I wish some other teams would trust their running back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you, oh, you, you take away from it, they rush for almost 200 yards as well as a team. So, yeah. you know, the fact that they, they, they've got a mixture of putting the ball in the air with Jimmy G and they've also got a decent running game across the board. It, I, I think the 49ers will do all right this year. I say well, that got... now and come back at the end of the year and it'll be an absolute shambles. But let's see they're, what happens. They will be. They could be. They very well could be. But let's uh, let's move on to the final one. Uh, the final uh, of our three things. And I want to throw out for my one the uh, the fisticuffs between the Saints and the Buccaneers. Lattimore does here. Not only is he riding, but watch what he does. He pushes him all the way to the boundary. Now we got a fight on the field. Whoa. The police. Mike Evans just punched a guy, and now the benches have cleared. Trying to hold guys back off the sideline. Wow. Now, I was I'm sure you guys caught this. I was flicking on red zone, and uh, it was like 3-3, that game, wasn't it? For like oh, a day and an age. It was low scoring, two field goals. And Brady I was, flicking was absolutely losing his shit. He was losing it. He was throwing tablets around and screaming at the bench. And then... Mike Evans runs onto the pitch and pushes him over, like or pushes him really hard. Like it was a bit like what you did at school, if you remember. Like, oh, I'm going to push you over. Like, there's <laughs> no, there's no punching or kicking. It was just pushing someone on the playground type stuff. And I looked at it, and it reminded me of our chat a couple of weeks ago about the rivalries stuff, about derbies and rivalries, and like all sport, all good sports, all good matches for me have that edge, that rivalry. You know, you want those edgy games. You want those rivalries, whether they be personal or whatever. And I loved it. And I don't know what you two thought, but just watching a game, yeah, it was low scoring. Yeah, it was quite defensive. But watching it where players borderline hate each other and it came out and they were getting a bit silly. I mean, I loved it. What did you guys think? I thought so much of it came from Brady because Brady was being, you know, I'm, I'm going to say it, he was being a petulant little shit. Okay, things weren't going his way. You're right. He was chucking tablets everywhere. He was, you could see it in his face. He looked like he was going to cry. He looked like, you know, an absolute baby, like he hadn't been given his dinner because things weren't going his way and he wasn't used to it. And you could kind of tell that that was seeping its way through the team. You know, in, in some cases that can seep its way through and it can really inspire people to kind of go, right, let's turn this, let's turn this around. But I think what it ended up doing was really just ramping it up and ramping it up and ramping it up. And the Saints, the Saints defense was well on top and they weren't getting what they wanted to do. And then just tinderbox exploded. And, you know, Evans was, again, you're right. He was, he was, he was totally childish. He's what, he's got a game ban for it. Is it just the one game? Oh, is he? Thanks. I didn't see that. Thanks, yeah, Mike no, Evans. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been he's been given he's been given a game ban for it. 
it was quite fun to see build up and build up and build up because I'm like, I'm not the biggest Brady fan in the world. I totally respect what he's done, but I think he's a petulant little shit. And I yeah. think that's kind of where it ended up leading to, in my view. Brady doesn't look great. And it, we obviously know about his, his off-field problems, marital problems, but he doesn't look good at the moment. He just had over 50% completion rate at the weekend. Did he? Um, he yeah, mm. he was 18 yeah. of 34, um, less than 200 yards passing, one 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 touchdown. Just doesn't look happy. And as Ewan says there, Flem says, you know, throwing around tablets, it's not something you see of Brady very often. And his no. frustration in his offense and what he's got in front of him, I think, is starting to show. And the pressure's all on him because he's, again, another one that's really got a total lack of rush behind him either. So, you know, they only rush for 70-odd yards. You know, so, again, the reliance upon Brady to be able to, you know, to get the ball out is... What was, so, can, I, can we just... I'm worried, I think. I'll be worried about the Buccaneers. Forward. Hold on. Where are you coming at with all these stats? What's going on? I've done prep. Hold on, he's got he's got Google I've open. More, can I say Hold I've on. done more prep for this than I've done for my fantasy season? Slightly exactly depressing. what I was thinking. You've done more prep for an pod episode than you did for any draft <laughs> you've done in ten years. Going back to Brady. Yes. Do we think he misses Gronk? Hundred percent. Such an outlet for him. If he was ever looking down the field and he didn't have something down the field, he would always have Gronk running that kind of closer route that he could just get get the ball away out his hand fast he definitely misses Gronk I'm not saying he doesn't miss him but I personally think Father Time's catching up on him and Father Time as we all know is undefeated and I think he looks I don't know what he doesn't he just I'm not saying he looks frail he doesn't look frail he's more of a specimen than I any of us are Um, you know he's older than all of us but he doesn't I don't know. He doesn't look right to me physically he doesn't he's not he's not quite gaunt but he looks a bit thinner he yeah, he's got his arm strengths there, clearly, and he's never been mobile, but there's something... This is, And he knows this is last year. So yeah. There's a mental thing as well, right? Playing. He's lost it. He's lost his aura. He's a little bit lost this year, and it doesn't help when you've not got something that you can hand the ball off to. I mean, Fournette true, true. isn't exactly prolific again. I mean, he was only 60 yards, but he had 24 carries or something. Yeah, oh, 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 fucking tell me about it, by the way. I mean, way. that's a lot of carries <laughs> for not a lot of yardage. I mean, that's two yards a carry or something. That's that's not going to help you. Burnett no. actually went on Twitter this week to apologise to all his fantasy yes. football owners. I liked that to you. I liked that, yes. I love yeah, that. Yeah. I love that. No he, owes me, he, owes me than an, he owes me more than an apology, I'll tell you that. For Delvin oh, could no offer me that bloody apology, please. <laughs> anyway. Guys, good uh, good three things this week. Uh, and as ever, um, if you've got any uh, questions, comments, you disagree with any of our takes, just hit us up on our socials that Flem will talk about later on in the show. Okay, and now it's time for a roundup of week two in the ASFL Fantasy League. But before we get on to week two, we do have some admin to clear up from week one. When we recorded our pod last week, um, myself, Fitz and Lionel were in the studio all laughing our sides off that Barry Rankin of the Bears Den Grizzlies had thrown it away overnight on Sunday night. Well, guess what happened? 
the day after we recorded the pod, NFL.com decided to update their stats. And what that meant was that the Reading Renegades ended up losing three points, meaning a complete turnaround of the result. And the Bears then Grizzlies won that match 181 to 180. Massive controversy in the ASFL. Fitz, how did you cope with it as commissioner? Uh, well, I've I got to actually say, I got an update today, uh, and this is, uh, of all seriousness, today being the 20th of September, I got an email from Matt with one T from NFL, and this is no piss take, I'm not winding anybody up, I genuinely got an email from him, uh, because for those who play fantasy and use the NFL site, there's a section on that site that says where stat corrections are made, so if a player is given an extra tackle, or a sack is taken away, or a reception is miscalculated it all gets put on that site so you can see it and i'd emailed them saying oh what's the deal we had a change of scores overnight but nothing was showing on their stat correction page yeah. and uh, matt with a single one t said to me um well that's mainly where all of our stats go if you can't see it and there's been a stat correction let us know which player you think's changed score and we'll look into it so i've informed lino that if he identifies the player who he believes has been changed score incorrectly then we may see a double reversal whoa whoa so th- so this has still got legs there this has still got legs run and run. no way this could and this is no fist take and i will share and i have yet to do it but i will share the genuine email which i have already done with lino uh, to the rest of the league for transparency but we could i'm mentioning could because it and that may end up being we can't identify this player but if lino can show that he's been taking points away from his team from week one then what was a win that became a loss could become a win again. And Barry will lose his shit. Oh, he will lose his mind is what he will lose. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's keep up to date with that. Uh, at the moment, um, we will read out the stats as they currently stand as of yes. today, which is Tuesday, the 20th of September. But if that changes again, then we will let you know. But let's have a quick rundown of the results in week two. And we start off the Essex Musketeers, who lost last week, uh, pick up their first win of the season against the Bears Den Grizzlies. They beat them 219 to 197. Last year's champions, OBS Wolfpack, had an incredible week, beating the Reading Renegades 234 to 164. Broadwood's Ochengain Alligators, still without a win, losing to the surprise of the season so far, the Byfleet Sharks by 207 points to 169 points. And the game of the week, which was against the top two after week one, my ball bags against Fitz's Chilton Stallions. We'll come to it later on, but the Stallions beating the ball bags by 231 to 210. So where does that leave the league at the end of week two? Well, as things currently stand, and let's emphasize that again, as things currently stand, Two teams with a 2-0 and o record. That's the Chiltern Stallions and the Byfleet Sharks. Four teams sitting with 1-1. One and one. That's your Benali Bobags, Essex Musketeers, OBS Wolfpack and Bears Den Grizzlies. And at the bottom, the Ochengain Alligators and the Reading Renegades. 0-2 and two, still to pick up their first wins of the season. Oh, so. <laughs> oh, Can you tell that I've always wanted to do this job? Love it. Love and it. the fact the fact that I can do this job and make Broadwood feel awful, I mean, it's just it's just beautiful. It's just it is it is as we say in the trade, lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. <laughs> Let's go on to game one then of week two. 
And let's start with uh, last year's champs, the OBS Wolfpack against the Reading Renegades. The Wolfpack running out really convincing winners this week, 234 points to 164 points. So let's hear what the reigning champ, Steve, of the OBS Wolfpack said when he phoned the commissioner's voicemail this week. Hello, we're not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. Week two, and it's the comeback of OBS Wolfpack. We were not sure how things were going to go after the first game and slightly losing to the Sharks. But the Renegades, the apparent team league winners, as they call it from last season, although they weren't, get absolutely fucking destroyed <laughs> by the Wolfpack <laughs> at 233 to 164. Let's stop it there, because I think what we always said about Steve was that, you know, he was a really, really gracious champion last year. Mild mannered was the word that I used, I believe. Yeah, I know. And and he sounds like a bit of a prick there, doesn't he? Love I mean, it. it's, he, if you recall the Meet the uh, GMs episode, he did say his main rival this year was the Renegades. So it does maybe explain, it, go, it links back to what we were saying about the Saints and Bucks. When you've got a tasty rivalry or someone you really want to beat, that kind of explains that language really, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And look, he had he had a he had a great week. You know, he was the top scorer in the week. Uh, was never behind at all. Was was always absolutely hammering the Renegades. Um, Cooper Cup, again, look, he's just a points machine in fantasy. Thirty-four points, you know, hundred eight, one hundred eight yards, two touchdowns. Um, but uh, who really came through from this week? Sim Brown of the Detroit Lions. I mean, that man is turning into a top ten wide receiver. Third down and four. Goff steps to his right, throws, end zone, touchdown! Avila, St. Brown. Um, really, really impressive stuff. 40 points. If you get 40-plus points in fantasy football, you've had a stoting week. Uh, 118 yards, two touchdowns, and 60 rushing yards as well. Um, he's got a good team there, guys, doesn't he? Depressingly so, yes. He has got well, a very good team, but he's, he's got he's got some quality quality wide receivers, and that's going to make a massive difference for him this year. Cup, Brown, Cooper, you know that was the basis of his team. That's over a hundred points there straight away. So, Plus he's got Devante Adams as well. We've not even mentioned him and oh, Patrick Mahomes. It's frightening. Even though Adams wasn't particularly great at the weekend, it's still a frightening lineup. And he's got the kind of lineup where you know you've got a great player like Adams, and if they don't perform one week, there's a fair chance that someone else might might come in. Uh, yep. Fitz, you're shaking your head a bit more. Yeah, I'm, he, and he knows that his running back room is very weak. He's got mm-hmm. Gibson and Montgomery, and I think he's yeah, he's got the. I think he's got arguably the best or second best wide receiver room in the league. But the, those two plus Penny for the Seattle Seahawks and Carter for the Jets, so he's running back for. Like, that's pretty poor. So, if he's got a weakness, it's his running back room. But we'll yeah. come to it. We'll come to it, Fitz. But running backs make no difference now. I genuinely believe this. Look at the week two stats. Is you're, you're just not, I mean, you're just not letting this go, Broder, nope. are you? Because nope. you've got good running backs, but they're playing shit. <laughs> no. And I, 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 I fully go behind my, it's a chuckers league at the moment. It is. It's ball in yep. the air stuff. And it's yep. wide receivers points. And, okay. you know, yep. if you look at week two stats, 
there is in the top 40 point scorers at the weekend. Go on, guys, have a guess. How many running backs in the top 40 point scorers this weekend? Two. Two. Um, four. Three. There is only three running backs in the top 40 point scorers this weekend. Wow. That is frightening. And it goes so far away from where we used to be, where it used yeah. to be a running backs league. So it, it does make a big difference. I do genuinely believe. I think the wide receiver core that he's got looks pretty strong and I think that will hold him in good stead for the rest of the who, season. So who's, yeah. Before we move on to the second result then, who's the top running back at the moment in fantasy? I want to say it's yours. Chubb. Oh, it's not, is it? Nicky Chubb. I I think it might be Chubb. Oh, that's, um, a, that's a nice little uh, nugget. I didn't know that. Thanks very um, much. It's certainly not any of mine. Is all you need to or, know. To or, be mine. or mine. Yeah. But before before we move on, let, let, let's let's speak about the Renegades and let's speak about Lionel not having the best start to the season. But let's listen to what he had to say live from Santa Clara when he phoned in to the commissioner's voicemail this week. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. It's Lino from the Renegades. Uh, disappointed with the loss, predicted to lose, never really in it. Nobody did very well. Uh, That's a bit really, unfair. really now concerned I'm going to have a really, really bad season. That's going to offset my uh, fantastic season from last season where I finished top but didn't win the playoffs. I think I'm allowed to say that. Anyway, <laughs> got, um the Alligators on uh, week three, if I lose to them, I might just exit the group and uh, you know, retire <laughs> off the success of last season. Oh, Broadhead. So how are you feeling about that, kicking a man while he's down? It's it's a season-defining game in week three. It really is. If I lose yeah. and I'm three and I'm down 3-0, and oh, I, yeah, I, I might go to the fire sale that happened last year. But it's it's a week massive three? week. Week no, three, no, it's week oh, three. it's huge. Yeah. This week three game is huge between me and Lino. Massive. If I go zero and three and lose to Lino, I'm chucking it. I think Lino's oh. a bit hard on himself there. He said nobody nobody performed very well. He had Lamar Jackson. Yeah, the Lamar Jackson, yeah, the two, I think, was the, the top scoring player yeah. out of the entirety of fantasy last week. You know, yeah, he was. Um, yeah. He had you know three pass touchdowns, one rush down, forty six points. Um, but like when you when you look down further into his team, he relies so much on McCaffrey, and McCaffrey had an all right game, but it was only eighteen points. Um, London had a good game for him, but then you know Kel Pitts, who's meant to be a, a high quality top tight end, not performing for him at all. Um, yeah, I worry for him. I do worry for him. There's there's a, there's a lot of problems there. Let's go on to game two, shall we? Let's do it. And game two um, includes um, our guest this week, Broadwood Ochengain Alligators against the Byfleet Sharks. And the Byfleet Sharks, who we do, let's be honest, richly take the piss out of for not knowing what he was doing, yep. hammered you, Broadwood. 207 points to 169. Now, before we go into any more detail here, you did do the very noble and honest thing and phone into the commissioner's voicemail this week. Let's hear what you had to say. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. So, summation of week two for the alligators. Catastrophic is a word I would use. I have two running backs who do not run the ball. I have wide receivers who don't get thrown the ball. And that leads to a fairly large problem for me as general manager of the Alligator franchise. 
franchise. I mean, that, that's that's putting it quite quite subtly, isn't it? You've got, got you've got runners who don't run, and you've got receivers who don't get the ball. That's a I'm, bit of a ball leak. I'm not going to lie to you, gents. It's it's been it's been a sobering weekend, and um, it it slightly depressing. Um, I think it's like it started off, and the Ravens against Dolphins match. You had Duvernay, who caught the ball and ran 103, 104, 102 yards for yeah. a touchdown. And you sit there and go, if that's not a sign, this is my week. I don't know what is. Exactly. And, and then I, it all went to shit. It, it's it's horrible. I mean, I, I genuinely don't even know where to start. And I I took the the view at the draft this year was, you know, I've never really had strong running backs. I've always been kind of, I've always tried to go across the board rather than just go strong in one position and then decide to see where it goes from there. Hey, if it, makes strong, you feel any better, if it makes you feel any better, you still don't have strong running backs. I, exactly. <laughs> it, you know, Eckler ran for 39 yards and I'm sitting there thinking it can't get any worse. Well, he's a he's a running back, and he had more receiving yards than he did rushing yards. Exactly, and you're fifty-five thinking, receiving yards, thirty-nine rushing. And and I'm sitting at home last night, and I'm thinking it can't get any worse. Delvin Cook's got to get going. He's gonna come out of his shell tonight. He's gonna run the ball. He's gonna have a master class in as as a running back. I'm, I was waiting for that. You know, I switched on my phone this morning, thinking 150, 160 yards, maybe a couple of touchdowns. Here we go. Maybe I might have a chance of squeaking a victory out of a game that. I was due to lose last night. 17 yards. And again, 17 ni- 19 I- receiving yards. Again, more receiving yards than rushing yards. Takes me longer to walk from my front door to my kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I think I- your, top, your top two picks this year were Cook and Eckler. And without being rude, any draft sort of pre-predictions and you looked at it I mean I my draft came back from NFL.com I was in A- minus. I'm sitting there thinking I've got good running back core I've got a couple of you know interesting wide receivers I thought I might have a vaguely interesting year and I, th- I was quite confident in the after the draft how wrong and then just to make things worse for you uh, your defensive special team you put the Dolphins on this week uh, who scored you minus one and a half points <laughs> Yet on the bench, you had the Buccaneers special team who had six sacks, three interceptions, two fumbles and one touchdown, 32 points. Wow. Yeah, that, it, I'm not going to lie, it chafed a little. However, what makes it slightly, slightly less chafy, if that's even a phrase, is the fact that I would have still lost even if I had yeah. put that swap in. So I did it this guess. morning and it was the only thing that I could come away from and go... <sighs> If I'd lost by 20-odd points, I'd have been raging this morning. But as it turns out, it wouldn't have made a difference because Delvin Cook can't run a ball. If you had picked uh, the Buccaneers defence, uh, Harris, your running back for New England, and McLaurin, the Washington receiver, and played them instead of your low-scoring players, you actually would have won this week. Sorry. But you wouldn't have put, you wouldn't have put any of them in, in place. I mean, it just... It, I mean, yeah, you, yes, the Bucs. The, the Bucs ones are, is a... Do you know what? Trust optimization is my rule of thumb from this week. I know you discussed it last week on the pod, but yeah. if I'd trusted optimization, you never know. Okay. You left 101 points on the bench. Thanks. Thanks for that, Flynn. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is it's it's not all well, the I'm players' fault. <laughs> You're also shit. 
go for it. Let's anyway. Let's check in with. Let's check in with. But you know your your opponents this week. And it's probably no, fair no, to say the not. team. Let's not. Let's pass over our opponents this week. <laughs> the, the team that have probably Nick been the surprise. Be... Oh, <laughs> the team that God, probably been the, the team have probably been the surprise of the league so far. And you know Nick actually did take the time to get himself off the golf course and leave a message. Of course he with did. The he commissioner's won. voicemail. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. So this is Nick Walter, head coach of the Byfleet Sharks. So just a, a roundup of week two. Um, it's actually really surprised me, uh, to be honest. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, I mean, what a disaster. He should be in you know, a number one pick basically across most leagues. He only scored something like 8.3 points, I think it was. Uh, for me, I was expecting big things from him this season and, and really um, let me down quite considerably. So anyway, what that's kind of saying is he goes on like that. You know, um, he, he, he beat you and yet he sounds depressed. How does that he make does. you feel? He's, he's another one with a running back that doesn't run the ball. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's three top running backs. None of them running but, the ball, but... He could sound a bit happy, I would think. The bit that jumps out to me from that whole little uh, phoning it in from uh, Nick Walter of the Sharks is that everyone else in this league calls themselves the GM of their team. He's demoted himself to head coach for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, who, who did he have? He had Tyree Kill and he had Jalen Hurts. And he also had the Bills defence. Those, those three picks alone got him you know, 100 points. And if you get 100 points off three picks, you know you're going to be you're going to be doing well. So um, listen, he's two and zero. Oh. Could the miracle happen? Here's hoping not. <laughs> you're not taking it well this week at all, are you? No, no, I'm not. I'm taking excellent. It very right, let's move on to game three, shall we? Game three was between your Essex Musketeers and your Bears Den Grizzlies. A pretty close one, this, but the Essex Musketeers running out victorious by 219 points to 197 points. Um, I think GM Barry Rankin of the Bears Den Grizzlies must be so upset about it, he didn't even phone into the voicemail this week. Uh, however, someone who did phone in, who sounds a lot happier than he did last week, is Paul Radden of the Essex Musketeers. Let's listen to what he had to say. Hello, we are not available now. Please leave your name and phone number after the beep. We will return your call. This is Paul, GM of the Essex Musketeers, feeling much happier this week as I have my first win of the season. We've only two wins last season and starting the season with a defeat, I did have the feeling of, oh no, here we go again. It was a tough match against Barry of the Grizzlies and in fairness, I had to beat him. Bearing in mind, I had his first round pick this season so it would have been pretty embarrassing for me if I didn't beat them but Musketeers are on the board one for all one for all oh that's <laughs> gonna go I mean he makes a good point there he did have um he did have Rankin's first round pick but that first round pick was still Derek Henry who is still just not performing I mean eight and a half points this week 25 rushing yards like we, we covered it last week. He's not the player that he was. But interestingly, we've talked about rushers and we've talked about wide receivers. Who is his top scorer? Aaron Jones. 33 points, 132 yards. There's someone who did do a lot of rushing this week. 132 yards and one rushing touchdown. But he was also good in the air as well. 38 and one receiving touchdown. 
Rankin, on the other hand, seems to be reliant on Josh Allen. He's got Josh Allen as his quarterback. Another great week, 32 points. But his running backs, again, not really performing. He's got Connor. He's got Robinson from Jacksonville. Uh, Kelce, 10 points. You'd expect more from Kelce. You know, a pretty, pretty disappointing week for him uh, this week. Um, any thoughts from you guys? I my the, the the one that stands out for me was um, his D players turned up as well, which was a big difference. You know, he's got Bosa, Parsons, Smith, you know, all scoring points that none of my running backs could get close to this week. So, you know, if you've got three D players who are bringing in those kind of points, that, that makes a big difference in your team. I know we talked about it in the first week about, you know, defensive players that can bring you in some, you know, welcome addition points. But, you know, that's that's a, it's a solid return from three players of almost, you know, almost 50 points off those three alone. So, yeah, definitely strong looking team. And I, I would I would just say uh, for the Mouseketeers, it takes more than a one win against the Grizzlies who don't have a first round pick to change your name from Mouseketeers you know, to musketeers. And as for the Grizzlies, you reap what you sow. You go all in one season, you trade for Kamara, give away your first round pick, you reap what you sow. I think a it's long a, season could potentially... harsh in the Grizzlies, I think. that He's still got a good looking team. Still quite... Oh yeah, well, you'll still, beat, you'll still beat you, but that's not much, is it? So. Josh Allen, <laughs> Williams, Kirk, Kelce, he's got a good team. It's a blip. The Grizzlies won't be, the Grizzlies will win more than they lose. That That comes from me. Well, listen, Mouseketeers and Grizzlies both one-on-one at the moment, but let's see where it leads in the next wee while because it could well be that the Grizzlies move to a zero and two, but we will see. Let's move on to the final match of the week. And final match of the week was the big one, the top two, the franchise bowl, the ball bags against the Stallions. Uh, I'm building it up. God knows why I'm building it up because I lost it. Uh, The Stallions (laughs) fits you running out victorious. Yep. 231 against 210. Listen, I'm going to start here. Whenever you score over 200 points in a fantasy football league week and you lose, you're gutted. Yeah. And, you know, I was ahead for pretty much all of Sunday. Yep. Um, I got really far ahead. And then what happened? Stefan Diggs happened. Coming up on five and a half to go third quarter. Pressure for the Titans. Allen throws right into the teeth of it. How did you feel waking up this morning, Tuesday morning, after seeing the result in Monday Night Football? 148 receiving yards, three touchdowns, 46 points for your man, Stefan Diggs. Won the game for you. Uh, an endorsement of my draft strategy uh, and felt good for obvious reasons. Uh, I was project, I was what, like, I was about 10 points behind you last night, projected to be a further 10 points, so in total 20 points by the end, and then to come out and smash it. In parallel with Justin Jefferson for you, yeah. just I mean that's the key here. Yeah, Diggs Diggs got me a haul of points, but Jefferson did nothing. When yeah, Jefferson so, Jefferson yeah. 48 receiving yards, and you know from from hitting what 41 points he hit last yep. week to getting 10 yep. this week. Yeah. Look, so much of that is down to the Bills' defense, and yeah. and and I don't necessarily see that as a as a concerning point for Jefferson from from my point of view. He's still my absolute stud. As far as picks go, and and you know injury permitting, he'll be in every single week. Um, I, I don't see that as as something bad, but um, but yeah, like when you're up against the Bills and the mood that they're in just now, 
everyone's going to struggle against that defence, even yeah. someone like Jefferson. Can I can I tell you what happened last night with me? I woke myself up snoring at half past two in the morning um, and was wide awake. You know, I'm, I'm only 41, but honestly, I wake myself up snoring. Oh, um, and my first thing to do was, well, what time is it? It's half past two. It's not what time is it? Do I need to get up? It's what time yeah. is it? Monday night football will be over and um, flicked over and then just uh, saw the score. And went. Oh, man. Uh, we're level after 11 years of playing each other. We're level on a head-to-head record now, which uh, I'm quite pleased with. I'd well, also I've... add in there, um, Kamish, that I think what we were discussing earlier, you actually, you know, have two of the top three running backs so far this year from stats-wise. And I, I think, I? If any, yeah, I think if anyone had said Chubb and Swift would have been the top two, two of the top three running backs at this stage of the season, I think everybody would have gone, nah, don't see it. Nah. And Damien fucking Pierce, who I'm telling you now, is going in the bin. (laughs) I've had it. I've had it. Can I say already, my bin's already pretty full with my team. So (laughs) (laughs) that that bin is starting to overflow. So let's. (laughs) Excellent. Listen, that finishes the recap for week two, but we've got games ahead uh, this week three. Some really interesting matches this week. We've got the OBS Wolfpack who are back on form against the Essex Musketeers. As we've said already, we've got the bottom two, the Reading Renegades facing the Ockengain Alligators. The Benali Bobags take on the Bears Den Grizzlies in what's always a tasty battle. But game of the week, again, the top two at it. The two and zero teams, the Chilton Stallions against the Byfleet Sharks. Mm. Okay, guys, uh, and that leads us onto our final section of today's pod. Um, and as ever, it's AOB. So this week, I want to ask you both, who from our fantasy draft is a bust this year? We're only two weeks in. This is knee-jerk reaction territory. This is just before people start thinking about fire sales. Yeah, they're a bust, and they can't be a player from your own team. So Ooh. just so you can't pick someone who you're raging about because they were awful. <sighs> And I'm going to run for the listeners. They won't know this. I'm going to run through the first two rounds only just so you get a feel because they should really come from the first two rounds. So these will be no surprise. Maybe the order will be, but the names won't be for people listening in. So uh, round one, Henry, Taylor, Eckler, Jefferson, Mixon, Chase, Cup and McCaffrey. And then in round two, it was Harris, Adams, Diggs, Kelsey, Barkley, Cook, Hill and Andrews. So, guys, uh, anyone jump in, but which player, not your own, jumps out so far after just two weeks as the biggest bust? CMC. Another bust. Another Ooh. year. Really? Um, yeah. I, I, it, for me, again, it just looks like another... I hate to say it. I, it's like we were talking about Brady just seemed to have lost his aura a little. I, I feel CMC still has lost a little bit of his pace maybe with the injury. Um, I think that's maybe still sitting in the back of his mind. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, as I said earlier as well, like running backs again, just in general, I'm not convinced that they are what they used to be. 
um, and they're not the points givers that they used to be. Um, and I just think you look at his stats so far. Yes, you know, a better week last week, but first week, you know, 33 yards, one touchdown. That's not going to be prolific. If he doesn't get the touchdown, there's hardly any points there. Okay. Okay. Flynn, any comeback to that, or you? you no, look, I, I don't think I don't think CMC is the worst, and I think he's he's always one of these players who's My going two is to. Worst. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't think there's I don't think there's there's um, there's 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 too much argument there. Um, Fun enough that the, the player that I was that I was going to pick because I actually thought he was in the first two rounds, but it turns out he wasn't. Was going to be C D Lamb. Uh, there's a player who had kind of big potential on him, but has been an an absolute uh, bust, if you ask me. The obvious person to go with is Derek Henry. Derek Henry was the first round pick, and. You know, we, we've talked about him already on the pod, and I, and I don't want to come. You know, next thing you know, I think I've got something against him. I, I don't. God, I had Derek Henry in my team for years, and he always built me absolutely huge numbers of points. But he is just not performing this year. Um, the Titans haven't got it going at all. He's not the player that he was. Um, that would be the obvious choice. But listen, I'm just going to pile on to you, Broadwood. Austin Eckler. Awful. Um, third pick. You know, he was yours. He's not scoring no points. Uh, he's He's got 11 one week and 18 the next. No touchdowns after two. And look, he's been playing. They've played the Raiders. They played the Chiefs. Let's see what happens this week. They've got the Jaguars. The Jaguars, notoriously bad at defending rushing. <laughs> the Jaguars, historically notoriously bad. Um, but actually, they seem to be pretty good this week. Um, see where they're at. If Eckler doesn't get a touchdown this week, I'd be putting him on the trading block, mate. Mm. He, yeah, he had a slow start last year as well, though, in fairness. So started last season with 11 points in the first game and then 20. And then he started to get into a bit of a groove. And then maybe they trust giving him the ball a bit more. But definitely Eckler is up there as... as a a huge concern on my roster at the moment and looking back um at last week not getting a lot of carries you know not getting a lot of yardage slight concern how about you Fitz for me round two first pick of round two by the Renegades Harris so I I was like a lot oh, of people oh god yeah I even forgot he existed he's point. he every time I did a mock draft in a run up to this year's draft I was so I was after people did all the keepers I was essentially picking eighth in our eight-person league, because the seventh and eighth people were keeping, right? So I was like, right. But time it gets to me, seven players are off the board. I didn't want to keep anybody. And all the mock drafts, like the uh, suggesting, I'll oh, take Harris, take Harris, take Harris. And I had him last year in his rookie year. And the benefit of Harris is he's pretty much on every down. So he's going to get lots of touches, unlike, you know, Dalvin Cook, who got six touches last night. And uh, sorry, Rob. Thanks. And um, so he gets lots of touches. And I was umming, 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 and I obviously went wide receiver heavy this year in draft. And then I've looked at his stats, and Renegades Lino picked him up. Yeah, cracking stats last year, but just this yeah, year. last year. This year he's got 60, no, 72 yards rushing in two games, 43 receiving, one touchdown receiving. That's it. He's averaging about 12 and a half, 13 points a game. He is um, coming off a foot injury. He's come a foot injury. He's playing with a shockingly bad quarterback, and he's got one of the worst offensive lines in the league. I think when you put those three things together... Apart from that, do you like him? <laughs> I like him. I liked him last year. He was one of my sort of solid 
you know guys who got me through to the playoffs last year but i just i'm glad i went against all the mock drafting that i'd seen and because he has turned out to be so far two weeks in knee-jerk reaction a bust so far but hey look there's still plenty of time for lots of other busts to come through oh yeah definitely and they'll probably be found on the renegade or alligator benches so yeah (laughs) (laughs) are you glad you came on as a guest this week broadwood I would come back in a heartbeat, gents. Once you want to come Lino this week. Yeah, come back when you've won. It's much more fun when you win. Yeah, absolutely. So, folks, as ever, um, thanks for listening. Uh, Fleming, where can they get in touch with the pod? Oh, advertising, advertising, advertising. Yes, um, you can listen to the pod wherever you get your podcasts on Acast, on Spotify, on Apple. If you haven't given us a review yet, we'd really appreciate it if you did. That's how we get back up to the top of the rankings. Um, if you like the show, please tell your friends. Uh, if they like NFL, then that would be great as well. Even if they don't like NFL, well, it's just eight friends taking the piss out of each other. Um, you can find us on all of the regular socials. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, all of them at Tight Ends Pod. You get up to date news there, both in relation to NFL and in relation to the league. You can drop us an email at tightendspod at gmail.com. Brilliant. Flem, thank you. Pleasure as always, gents. Thank you for joining us, Broadwood. And folks, thanks for listening in. As ever, this is a tight end pod, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye!